Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, May 2, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? I'm going to give you an example. I have a long list, an entire page full of notes, single-spaced. There's a lot of stuff going on, obviously. The front and center thing this week is Kabuki Theater. The market's going to move up. The market's going to move down. It's going to whip around all throughout the week. We're going to narrow things down a little bit. First, we'll do our normal assessment of the daily chart. We'll also do an assessment of the weekly chart. We're going to talk a little bit about cycles. We're going to talk a little bit about why, in concept, the market found low where it did today. Is that a good low? Was this capitulation volume? It was increasing volume. We spiked the former low. All that stuff, we're going to have that conversation. We even had a tinfoil event over the weekend. Let's look at the big picture on the daily chart. A, the trend is your friend until she throws your shit out the window. The trend is down, obviously. Okay, we check that box, we move on. We've been discussing ad nauseum the February lows. The low was 410.64. They came close on Friday. Today, they finally spiked the low, reversed back up in the other direction. Okay, that's the big picture stuff. Spiking a former low, that was an important low. Remember, there was institutional participation on that low. Now, they spiked it today with less volume than they made the low. So we can't really say that now we have a capitulation low. That's not the case. I just want to get that out on the table. Doesn't mean we can't bounce for a while, but that's not capitulation volume. It's not a good low, quote unquote. But we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. So let's talk through all the particulars. We had a tinfoil hat event over the weekend. What specifically was that event? There was a partial eclipse and a new moon over the weekend. So a partial eclipse really isn't that big of a deal, but it's something that I know about, so I can't unknow the information. Those tinfoil hat events happen to have a tendency, not all the time, sometimes, to cause a shift in things. A shift not only in the market, but a shift in other things in our lives. I pay attention to them. Full eclipses, new moons, full moons, a lot of other type of events catch my attention. I don't trade based on them. I know about them. Just so happens, the market was trading down into this event this weekend. If the market's trading up into an event, I take notice. Trading down into an event, I take notice. It's not like I bought the market on Friday looking for a gap up on Monday. That's not the point. But now that the market did make some kind of a bottom today, again, it rings a bell, therefore I'm discussing it, and oh, by the way, now we fast forward to Tuesday and Wednesday, we have the FOMC meeting. We have Kabuki Theater. There'll be an announcement Wednesday afternoon. We know about how that works. The market's going to whip around. It'll eventually pick a direction. It could be large, very large move in one direction or the other. We just don't know. So here's the prevailing wisdom. The market trades up or down into a Fed announcement. 
maybe it's a buy the rumor, sell the rumor, buy the news, sell the news type of event. We don't necessarily know, but this time is a little bit different than the rest. Let me just explain where I'm coming from. I got this question this morning from a member, and it had to do with the bond market. It had to do with something I wrote in the early morning, the zero dark 30 notes inside the numbers. So he hit me with this kind of early in the morning. We had a little bit of a back and forth, and what it told me is it's probably worth having this discussion tonight because it's coupled with Kabuki Theater. We're going to jump around a little bit, so bear with me. Here's inside the numbers. We're not really ready to go over this yet. Just this one line. Problem is, the Fed is pulling liquidity rather than pumping it. Okay, fair enough. Many of you understand that concept. Some of you may not, so I think it's worth going over. Just going to give you my two cents from my perspective. So if you go back in the past, other market declines, 2018, 2020, what you'll notice I said in the videos when the market was having any kind of a waterfall, watershed decline, when I said if the rubber band breaks, this is what's going to happen, then a couple of times in the past the rubber band breaks, and I say the Fed will do whatever it takes to turn the market around, they will pump liquidity, they will pump the market through either speech, liquidity, both, and the market will find the low. Now, we said that in the past, that turned out to be the case. Now, why is it different this time? Because the Fed's not pumping liquidity, they're pulling liquidity. Meaning, the Fed was pumping liquidity in one of their 15 quantitative easing programs over the last decade or decade and a half. That simply means that the Fed is pumping money into the market by virtue of buying bonds, buying mortgages, buying whatever they can get their hands on to flood the market with money. That's what they did. Hence, that's the reason we're in the position we're in now. They drove interest rates to zero. They painted themselves in a corner. They get into a pickle, all that stuff. We talked about it a hundred times. Here we are. We're in the pickle. Well, we're not in the pickle. They're in the pickle. So the market expects the Fed to announce an interest rate increase. That means that they're going to, A, continue to pull liquidity to the market or from the market until they reach their target rate, or the market is already at the target rate, and I'm not saying it is now, I'm just saying the market gets to the target rate, it keeps going, and now what does the Fed do? Add liquidity to the market, you start to see the pickle. Stock market goes down, the stock market is an easy money mechanism. What does that mean? That means it really likes easy money. The mechanism is the bulls need easy money to get going, to keep going. The bears want tightening. That's what's happening now. Whatever the Fed announces on Wednesday, is the market going to react in such a way where we get into the tail wagging the dog scenario? Maybe the market sells off saying, hold on a second, we've had enough of this hard money, not easy money policy. We don't want you to pull any more liquidity from the market. We'll figure things out. We need stocks to go back up. So they send prices down, scaring everybody into oblivion. That's certainly one possibility. Okay, fair enough. Now let's go over to a weekly chart. Let's do the where are they now? They're approaching or have approached today the 100 period moving average. They didn't get there and they bounced away. 
So what does that tell us? Well, A, it tells us the market's not finished going down. They're not going to come up short of the weekly chart, 100 period moving average, call it a day, and continue higher from here. They may do it for a while, but it's not sustainable. The weekly chart's also got a crossover situation. The 20 period moving average is crossing over the 50. Now, the 20 period moving average is a faster moving average, so it can obviously flatten out and turn back if price begins to go back up. So it's not that big of a deal, but it's worth noticing it's a convergence of moving average. It's always worth noticing. What did they do last week? They closed below the low of this breakup candle. That's a bearish type of signal. We also said that likely they would spike through the 100 period moving average eventually and go lower. Where's the lower? Well, you have a big fat round number of 400, and below that you have a gap. And the gap comes in at, oh, the gap is over 400. It's 461. What you have below that is you have the former breakout area. Where's that? We'll call it 394, 395 for argument's sake. Now, watch when I do this. Watch what happened and see if it's similar to what just didn't happen right now. So what happened here was the market ran up to this spot, okay, and it pulled back. When it pulled back, what did it do? It ran a test of this breakup candle low, and it continued higher. We were in the midst of a bull market. That whole situation created a breakout area. Market ran up, was rejected. Once it got above it, it created a breakout area, and guess what? We haven't been back there since, so that is, in fact, the breakout area. It's below the 100-period moving average. It's a spike of 400 it's more likely we get there or they get there or lower before putting in any kind of a more significant low than the low we had today. What about going forward over the next few days? Well, the market may whip around again, but it's more likely she gets a little bit more quiet leading up into the Fed announcement. That leads me to something else. Now I'm speaking to lazy swing trader members. This is called a sidebar. Unless something crazy happens, we're not taking a new position before the Fed announcement smoke clears. If you just sat back and thought about it for like a split second, you'd realize, hey, yeah, that makes logical common sense. I don't need the risk. I'd rather wait for the smoke to clear, for the dust to settle, for something to happen in the market that we could say, hey, we've got something to trade against. Let's check out the rest of Inside the Numbers. Then we're going to circle back to some other important stuff, namely some cycle stuff and some more stuff. I told you, I have a lot of stuff tonight. Happy Monday. After a hard sell, kill them into the close on Friday. A little green on the screen. This was at zero dark 30. Hardly enough to qualify for a dead cat bounce just yet. This is Kabuki week, and the bulls need a rescue operation from the Fed. They're unlikely to get a rescue operation from the Fed. They're going to have to hang their hat on. This is ad lib stuff. The bulls are going to have to hang their hat on commentary and hope from the Fed because the Fed isn't going to pump liquidity into the market and they're not going to suggest they're going to pump liquidity into the market. Remember, we just discussed they're in the opposite camp. They're trying to fight inflation. Good luck with that. Cutting right to the numbers. If the SPY opens up in a rescue formation, 
they will first have to recapture 414, which will be the early pivot. Zero dark 30, 414, the early pivot. Above is a magnetic place, 415.65, which can suck price in, but will also be overhead resistance. I'm going to need you to get out your sticky notes. I want to repeat this again. 414, 415.65, any more bullish evidence will be a real-time type of thing. On the other side, which we'll get to in a moment, first, let's get the visual under our belt. The top line is 415.65, that was hit at 10.35 a.m. or the 10.35 candle, and then they rejected from there, were rejected from there. Now, let's check out the other side of the coin. Let's put on our thinking caps. We had the February low. They were very close on Friday. They didn't get there. It's unlikely they don't get there at this point. 410.64 was the number. And then, oh, by the way, they're very close to 410. It's a big, fat, round number. So you figure they're going to go ahead and get into that one as well. So here we have another number, but it's 30 S&P handles away. 407. Three SPY points, 30 handles. That was my next big time spot. So again with the visual, 410.64 is the lower number. You can see how they played fight, bull, bear, battle type stuff around that number. That's normal garden variety stuff. They spike it, they go down to 410, they rip it back up, they pay another visit. You don't know exactly the how it's all going to occur, but you know that that's what they're going to do. We've talked about this before also. Selling a break. That's what some of the textbooks, the technical textbooks, the technical people selling textbooks tell you. They tell you sell a break of the lows. Well, guess what? It hardly ever works. We talked about this all the time. Where is there liquidity in the market? Below the low. Why is that? What's liquidity? It's people waiting with orders down here. What type of orders? Sell stop orders. Who's got more money? The institutions. They're going to pick up the sell stop orders and buy the market with a spike of the low. They do it over and over and over again, and they rip it back in the other direction. Don't say, you never heard me say that before. I've said it a dozen times at minimum. 407. They went a little bit lower. They went down to around 405. The low was 405.02. Let's check our trusty chart. So this is all the stuff inside the numbers. We provide these numbers, SPY, ES, QQQ, and IWM numbers. And what was the next number below 407? 40550. Okay, there you have it. 40550, they go down to 405, reverse the tape back in the other direction, and they head to what? How about 414, which was our pivot at zero dark 30? Go figure that one out. All right, we're back to the commentary. Let's see what else we have as the day gets underway. A little service announcement. I've got stuff to do Friday morning. I can't avoid it. I have an appointment away from the screens. So no inside the numbers on Friday morning. My apologies. It happens once in a blue moon. It's a blue moon. 917, we're going to let them go at the open. 414 is magnetic and overhead resistance. We knew the number above that as well. They're all over the place this morning. 933, nice trade on Billy. Okay, we'll circle back to stocks on the move later. 410.64 and lower is on the docket. This is right out of the chute. It's not that you can trade for it, but you have to know what's going on. It's magnetic. 
They're going to get there. They're going to spike it. They're going to get to the 410. They're going to spike it. At some point, they're going to rip the market back in the other direction. But you don't know when. You don't know how low they're going to go first. So below 410 opens a door for 407. And keep in mind, they'll whip around. I'm not interested in a buy until they get to 407 or show something else. This is just inside my head. Once below the prior low from February, 41064 is now resistance. They get above, they go back to 412, and then 414. That's just the way the market works. Traders who are long need to book profit along the way, 412, yada, yada. Only holding a trailer above 414 is treating it like a business. Remember, we're over here in the morning session. This is 945, this is 10 o'clock. Now this is 10.30. They're ripping it back in the other direction, and we're providing the guidance and commentary. They had a new low of the day, 409 and a quarter. Below that opens the door for 407. They got to that later on in the day. Then they got to 414. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double-check the work. 412 is important. Below on candle closes begins a trip down to the lows. That was at 1059. Where's 1059? Well, here's the candle ending 1045, 1050, 1055, 11 o'clock, below 412. They were above it at the time. Candle closes below 412, and they're going to visit the lows of day. They did that and lower. Not saying it's always easy to trade. I'm just saying if you have the numbers, at least you have some semblance of a guideline. It's a whole lot better than flying blind. Read the notes, go back to the chart, double check the work. It's all in here. This is important, valuable stuff. How about this? Two o'clock. No surprise. They hit 407 below and they can kill it into the close. Normal thing is to get a bounce around 407. They went a little bit lower, but again, the numbers are wider now. We all know that. So a rundown from 407 to 405, 40550. In the old days, when the market was less volatile, is like 30, 40, 50 cents in the SPY. When you bolt volatility or the VIX up in the mid-30s, guess what? All of a sudden, it's a dollar, dollar and a half, two dollars. You have to realize that. That's the way it works. They got the bounce back up. The rest is history. We saw the rest from there. The market was kind of quiet at the open. There wasn't a lot of stocks moving around the opening bell. But one of them, one of the four that we had on the board, did hit its objective or entry target. B-I-L-I, Billy, entry target, 22.17, secondary target, 21.58. That's kind of a zone. It's rather close together. Here's your five-minute chart. Billy getting a haircut at the open, 22.17, low of day, 21.86. Kind of came in between in the middle of the zone. Jordan got this one in the room. Participants in the room got this one. We had a lot of participation in Billy. How about filled the gap by 10 o'clock in the morning, making a high of 24.41. How many percent is that? It's around 10%. At least that's what the old mathematics say. Can't speak for the new stuff they're teaching kids in school. That's called, in technical terms, a rocket ride. What's going on over in Camp IWM? And what's that line on the screen at 182.90? Well, that was one of the numbers on the board from inside the numbers. Now, the IWM is weak. It's in a downtrend, obviously. We're in an all-the-same-market scenario, and they have yet to hit the weekly chart, 
200 period moving average. They don't have to do it right away, but they certainly are on the way. They can bounce around. We have Kabuki Theater this week, so anything goes. We can expect large swings in both directions across all the markets, and by the way, it's all the same market. So if the S&P is bouncing, the IWM is going to bounce. So are the Qs. So are the SMH. Everything under the sun is going to bounce, and they're all going to get killed together. That's what an all-the-same market means. By the way, the monthly chart closes below the low of January and February. That can't be a very positive sign for the bulls. Where are they going? Somewhere in this neighborhood which is the former breakout area on the monthly chart. Could be a little lower down here. That's fine. Guess what? Coincides with a spike of the 50-month moving average. They could go lower, and we would have lower numbers from a weekly and daily chart perspective, but from a monthly big-picture perspective, that's where they're headed. Doesn't mean that's where they have to stop, but that is a target from a monthly chart perspective. Target and support are not the same thing. Write that down. What's going on with the folks down at the transportation department? So they're still working on this higher low scenario. So if there was a canary in the coal mine and we were going to get a bounce in the market, we would look back to this and say, hey, look at that. This was one of the only markets that was not making lower lows. That's quite interesting. Why is that? Should we pay attention to that? I think we should. Why aren't they making lower lows? This is something that we have to put on the bull side of the ledger. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. SPY daily chart, transports daily chart. Higher lows, completely different. You can't ignore it. You can't unknow that information. They start making lower lows. Well, this is off the table, and we're looking at other stuff. But you can't not know this. About the Q people, what's going on out in Silicon Valley? What's 311.35? It was one of the numbers on the board. Same routine as the other stuff, made a lower low. They've already got below the February lows. They already spiked that. So this is a different chart altogether. Closing weekly for the second week in a low, below the 100-period moving average. Also for the first week, below its breakup candle low. That's obviously a negative sign. However, think about this. They're going to try and come back to recapture it. That's what they're doing now. Whether or not they can close a week back above it is a whole different ballgame. Guess what? If they can, and they can close a week back above the 100-period moving average, then guess what? The bulls are back in control, and they're going to run the tape right back up to like 350 and then some. We don't know whether they will close the week above or below, but write that down, put it on a sticky note. The same thing applies to other markets. The charts look slightly different, but the concept applies. Recapturing something that failed will certainly have the bulls back in control. XLF came up short of its weekly chart, 100 period moving average. That's not going to be the low. It's just the low today. Chart looks similar to others, made a new low, found low, put in a tail, doesn't really mean much. We need to Get the smoke cleared midweek with the Fed on all this stuff. Financials are going to be very volatile. Precious metals will be very volatile. The bond market will be very volatile. Stocks will be very volatile. All around this week with the Fed, Kabuki Theater, the whole nine yards. 
everything's going to be volatile. It's already volatile. Not much you can do before the Fed, before the Fed, leading into the Fed, around the Fed. It's really just gambling. It's like a guess. I think they're going to bounce the tape, so I'll buy the market. If they bounce the tape, you look smart, you feel smart, but you got lucky. That's really what's happening this week. At least until the smoke clears. SMH, same as all the rest. Downtrend, they're being pushed lower. Here's a dead cap bounce today into the close. It's not really meaningful unless they start getting over certain prices. What are those prices? Well, for one, 247.50, 248, they have to start getting over there in order to have some kind of mustard in the jar. I know some folks were asking about gold recently, so here's the situation. We'll just do it from a weekly chart perspective based on these moving averages. We're going to say once they start getting below, if they start getting below the convergence of these moving averages, there's a lot of space in between the 200 and these moving averages up here. So we'll just use 170 as a benchmark. This breakup candle low is 169.19. We can use that. Start getting below 169, 170. Start closing the week below those numbers. And there's a whole nother leg on the downside. Can there be support in this area? Yes, there can. Gold is very susceptible to the Fed announcements, the war, the fear trade. People think other people are buying gold. From a very long-term perspective, gold is still in an uptrend. That doesn't mean it can't pull back to 150, 160. It can. If you look at the monthly chart, you can make a case that this is an up move and this is a bull flag pattern that could take years to develop before, and it has, before breaking out to the upside. If you break down below these, the last line of defense from this perspective up here is really the 50-month moving average. You start getting below that, and it start looking like a different kind of pattern. Intra-month, you can tolerate something down here, but you start closing months below this pivot low, and this kind of bull flag pattern begins to go off the table. Now, in concept, it's not really a bull flag pattern. Just using the concept to say that this is still bullish from a monthly chart perspective. You're above all the moving averages. Doesn't mean you'll stay there, but you're there right now, so that's the market that we're looking at. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.